We're on page Reish Chav Zayin. Ha'etzah yutz l'chol b'nei zug. Talking about a relationship that comes with knowing oneself and trying to understand the other. And that's all that we've been learning about, knowing oneself. A person who is in the sug yivdas atzmach of knowing oneself understands the significance of knowing the other. So the two neshamas that are enclosed in gufim can relate to each other on those two levels, neshama and guf. The best advice for a couple is There has to be time that's put aside, that's used. Of course, working on oneself, understanding oneself, and spending time talking to try to understand the other. As they spend more time together and each one tries to understand, to learn more about the other, when there will be some misunderstanding between them, the reason, the reason that it comes to yelling, God forbid, and screaming and, and hurt feelings and so on is because of not, one not understanding who the other person is and expecting, having certain expectations that that person be somebody else, usually yourself or your mother. Even though you had problems with your mom also growing up, but somehow... The mother becomes a big tzedekis once you get married. So you have these constant expectations of the other person, of the spouse, to be you, to fit into your musig of what you expected from a wife, what you expected from a husband. You're not trying to understand who that person is. You don't really think about who that person is. And of course... That's when it comes to crying and to hurt feelings and to arguments and to, God forbid, to screaming and to worse. Where people understand, who the, when each one understands who the other one is in a plenius dicker way, there can still be a disagreement. But it's doesn't lead to screaming. They can have a conversation, a sichas nefesh, a real discussion about the differences, about some issue that's come up, each one trying to understand where's the other one coming from. It's the same thing when it comes to raising children. Parents oftentimes lose their temper, lose control of the children. It's a very big sign raising children. And they have, they have this expectation that the children think a certain way and behave a certain way. And the child is a child. And we've grown up and we've forgotten what it means to be children. And when you expect a child to think like an adult or to react like an adult, then you're less mature than the child. A child is a child. And that's a healthy, that's a, that, that's a healthy stage of that individual's life, to be a child. And when, and when you say things like, but after all, She's already eight years old, and he's already ten years old. Not to say that one shouldn't have expectations and a seder in, in a family, but losing oneself and getting angry means that you've forgotten to look at the world through the eyes of a child. Children see the world in a different way than we see. We don't remember. 
children have a very unique way of seeing things and it can make adults crazy if the adult is trying to make that child fit into his way of thinking his way of looking at life but if the adult is able to try to see the world through the children's eyes through the eyes of the child then even with a child one does not have to lose it obviously it's much more difficult to have a conversation with a child depending upon the maturity and intelligence of the child but it's much more difficult but to understand the nefesh of that child to understand who this child is how is this child thinking why why is the child reacting this way that doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to calm the child down or you're guaranteed to be able to have the child behave the way that you want to behave that, that's not a guarantee because at the end of the day children are very unpredictable however it certainly will prevent you from going from acting like a fool and creating many many terrible memories for a child the child looks back and even when children are older they think differently even a child's 14 15 years old 16 years old and you have your expectations that become demands and the fights in the home are the result of misunderstanding you're not trying to understand the nefesh of the child you're not trying to understand you don't understand the nefesh of that child you don't understand and when there are a few children then you then you start then you could God forbid fall into this thing well if if Chayla is this way, then how come you can't be like Chayla? And how come you can't be like Maishala? And how come, if Maishala is like this, then how come Sarala can't be like this? Like you also, and so on, which is obviously when a person sits and thinks, which is so absurd. Each child is an Eulah is Mamish. Right? There's a whole separate Sefer that, that the Mechaber wrote on this Indian, and on marriage as well. After the Sefer was finished, we have a whole Sefer on the Indian of marriage. So a person's a different world. It's a different world. And even if the child will comply out of fear and even out of respect, you haven't been kind of the child. You haven't really acquired the soul of the child. You haven't connected to the soul of the child. Same thing with the spouse. So it could be that, uh, that the wife will agree or the husband will agree because it doesn't pay to disagree. It's too aggravating to disagree. That's a very unhealthy relationship. People are allowed to disagree and not to be afraid of the consequences, but to try to understand each one or the other. It doesn't have to, every disagreement doesn't have to, doesn't have to lead to something which is embarrassing, degrading for intelligent people to behave a certain way. It doesn't have to lead to that. People not talking to each other to say that talk, they think that not, not talking is not an answer. it's like children but this is what happens intelligent mature people can have a discussion a talk not texting not emailing a conversation remember what that is? A conversation, people talking to each other. You look at the person, you sit down, you turn off everything else, and you talk to a person calmly, with respect, and to try to understand. To understand what is it that's bothering you. 
You don't have to be afraid to speak. But that's only going to work if there is a regular line of communication that's open between them and, they've, and they're in a relationship of trying to understand each other. What happens with many couples is that they never try to understand each other. They just want to have a good time and have a nice little happy married life. And then they get into fights and they get into arguments. And when they get into a fight and argument, they have no choice but to try to discuss things. They calm down. If they're hurting each other's feelings and saying some terrible things, then they try to have a conversation. But then already things are cooking. And then things are already, and we're talking about now fixing a, 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 a problem. It's not the same thing. But when you have a husband and wife who try to understand each other, not as a result of a crisis or some major earthquake that, and that now we're talking about following up with fixing and repairing, but who have a relationship with each other of understanding and trying to talk. So then, when there, is, when there is a difference between them, they continue in that way to discuss and to talk and to try to understand what you're thinking, what you're feeling. When you have a couple where each one tries to learn to understand the nefesh of the other. That's the ikr of what we're learning. It's the whole cipher. Except until now we're talking about learning about oneself. Mitzvah Shirim that we're go- I'm going to be giving afterwards. Now this man, the summer's man, this time I'm going to be understanding the Jewish people, understanding our people, who we are, the nation. Amisa. When you understand when you understand the other, whether it's a child, whether it's a husband, a wife, a parent, you understand, when you understand what a Yid is, what a Jew is, when you understand what Am Yisrael is, when there's that understanding of the nefesh of the other, the nefesh, then Bederach Zuhim Paisim is Raiv Hashayni Hamazgala most of the differences between them can be, re- can be resolved in a relatively easy way. I'm not talking about God forbid something extreme or something strange. But re- most, most differences can be resolved in a relatively easy and inexpensive way. They've accustomed themselves to learning, to understand each one the other. Not to yell one at the other, to scream at the other. Or to be angry one with the other. Everyone has to realize that a Jewish home is a Mesechis, is like a, a Gemara. A Mesechis, it's a story, a long story. And it goes over many decades, years. It's the longest chilek of a person's life with God's help, that relationship. It's a Mesechus, it's a Gemara that you learn every day. A person has to learn every day, to think about and to learn. This is the true way of looking at a Jewish home. A house of learning to try to understand, not a house of reacting, responding, a house of learning to understand, and talking. Reacting is not the same thing as talking. 
you react when there's a fly that goes into your ear. That's that's when you react. You don't say, what are you doing? You react. That's natural. But with a human being, you don't react. With a human being, you discuss, you learn, you try to understand. It's a mesechta learning, learning about each other together to understand. And I've mentioned that to a few couples. Some, <clears throat> they ask, should they have a chavusa together? So I never see that as the ikr, certainly to have learning together, chavusa together. However, there is something valuable about spending some time learning together, a little bit here and there. Not because of covering ground in the midst of Talmud Torah. Honestly, it's not because of the midst of Talmud Torah. Better that you should have a chavusa with a men should have a chavusa with men, and women should learn if they want to with some friends or go to a shir. It's not a chavusa to cover ground or to be able to say that we're, you know, this couple, we, we learned together, Sefi Yehoshua, whatever. That's not the point. The point is that when you're learning a Sefi together, let's, for example, if you're learning together, Mikhtar Miliyam. For example, if you're learning together, if you're learning together, uh, Tanya, whatever it is, you're learning a Sefi together, that helps you learn about each other. Because when you're learning that Sefi together, when you learn the Sefer together, you share ideas, which otherwise might be, never be brought up just in a conversation. But when you're, when you're learning a Sefer with another person, and, and, you're, and you're sharing your views regarding that thought that is brought out in that Sefer, that can be something that's very, very valuable in a relationship. Because they might not discuss in Yonim that touch a deeper part of themselves unless it's in the misgeras of, of learning. This is especially true of men. Most women, we'll talk about that in the next parak, we'll just be able to start before our break, but most women can talk about feelings in a relatively easy way. For most women, it's much easier to discuss feelings that they have. For, for most men, Everybody, but for most men, it's not as simple. So when you're learning a safer together, and the safer is entering into the emotions, the thoughts, the feelings of human beings, such as I gave an example, Mikhtar Mulyo, Tanya, whatever a person likes. When that tzaddik, the author of the safer, is taking the, the, the reader, the learner, on a grand tour of the nefesh, of the soul, so that provides the husband and wife with an opportunity to talk about certain things. For the men, it's generally much less threatening than actually having a conversation out of thin air. Women can do that. Much more, it's much easier for women to talk about thoughts and feelings. A man can talk about ideas and concepts, but as far as feelings, how he's feeling about something, most men are much more reserved in that respect, and it's harder for them. But when they're learning something together, and it's enclosed in the words, in the thoughts of the tzaddik, the author of the sefer, so then it's an opportunity for the couple to talk about things, to use that as, as a way to get into a discussion. It's something which is particularly helpful for women if they use that correctly, and it's a good, healthy limud. It would be, it's a wonderful opportunity, especially with newly married couples who don't really know each other. As far as the dating is concerned, that's not 
knowing one another. So they get to know each other. And when learning is safer, you could, you could have an indirect, a less direct way of finding out who this guy is that you married. Because otherwise, he's, it's unlikely he's going to tell you much about who he is. A person who's more forthcoming and who's more open to sharing feelings. <clears throat> of course, that's easier. The ikir is to learn the other, to understand the other. And anything that can be used as an opportunity to do that in a, in a gentle, in a delicate, intelligent, mature way can help to bring to a greater understanding so that even if there are differences, which there are of course differences, between people who have not worked out the Indian, and Schwartz talks about this in a few pages, people who have not worked out their own personal Indian, and I've seen this so many times, so then they figure, well, there's no choice over here. And they went a few times to therapy, you know, to talk to a rabbi and so on. Forget it. It's not shaykh, divorce. And then they marry again. Lo and behold, lo and behold, I know this will come as a shock to anybody, more often than not, there are similar problems in the next hakafa, in the next marriage, more often than not. You could speak to professionals and they'll tell you that. More often than not, there are similar problems. Because you never, you never resolved the issues within yourself. You just failed in your relationship, in relationship Aleph, to work the sugya of life out with that person. The two didn't work it out. Most likely you never ever saw yourself as somebody who needed to really get into a deeper place of who you are and to work that in of yourself out. I'm not talking, of course, of all, about all divorce. Sometimes people can't live together, obviously. I'm not talking about strange situations. But in many or most cases, the person didn't work out the sugya of the self. Because of that, there's a huge clash, a huge clash with the other person, with the husband or the wife. It became so unbearable. Oftentimes that person is also not working, has never worked on that Indian. Mimela, it's cat and dog. And, and then it's, it's finished, again. And uh, each one moves on. Each one moves on to another opportunity for uh, cats and dogs, for fighting, screaming, crying, and bitterness. Not always. Many times there was, an, there was a situation that just was strange. The first situation couldn't be worked out. But more often than not, again, you could speak to professionals about this. More often than not, those individuals who have never ever come to a place within themselves of yidiya atzmis, of knowing oneself, and trying to understand the other, they will have similar problems in other relationships. These are they're very often people who will walk away from friendships, from parents, a father, a mother is also no good, other people are not good, the world is not good, the environment is not good. They're not only divorcing a spouse, they usually are people who are, not usually, oftentimes are people who are divorcing themselves from the world at large. As I, again, no one here who has been in that parish should God forbid be insulted by anything that I'm saying. This is not a cloud. I'm saying oftentimes there is such a thing. Oftentimes. A person who doesn't work on the sugya of who I am is almost doomed to have difficulties with other people. That's how it is. Those people who are work on themselves, work on themselves, growing up, before they get married, works through, in and out, to think in who I am, and my midas, and what I have to fix, and what I have to work on, and what I have to, what needs improvement, and so on. 
Those people are Bali Avaida. They're Bali Avaida. Bali Avaida are Bali Avaida in learning, in davening, midas, at work, with family, with friends. They're Bali Avaida. A person who's not a Bali Avaida, they're not a Bali Avaida anywhere. That's just how it is. They're just not Bali Avaida. And the person who's not a balavaida doesn't work on that place within the self. So you don't work on that with your with your spouse. You don't work on that with your kids. You don't, you're not a balavaida in davening. You're not a balavaida in learning. You're not a balavaida. So you're not a balavaida. Doesn't always work that way. Again, I'm saying general things. Doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you have a person that when it comes to learning, he's a balavaida. When it comes to Rochnius, he's a shtikla balavayda. When it comes to other things, relationships, he's not a balavayda at all. There are things like that. But even that person, you will find much more often that he's a balavayda when it comes to Ben Adon Lamaka. When it has to do with the religious matters. Shabbos, and learning, davening, mikveh, kashvus. But when it comes to Ben Adon Lachavero, not. Not a balavayda. Not. A person who's the emiss of Balavayda. Both sides of the Luchas. A person who's a Balavayda is a Balnefesh. And a Balnefesh is someone who tries to understand who am I? What's going on inside of me? What needs to be changed? What needs to be improved? The Balavayda doesn't point fingers, doesn't blame. The Balavayda tries to fix within himself and understands that if he fixes himself and he'll be able to see so much good in others and he'll be patient with others, he'll be accepting of others' faults. But if a person is not in that place of Das Atzmacha, he's handicapped, seriously handicapped when it comes to knowing somebody else. It's a cloud. I'm not saying it's always like that. Every now and then there's an exception, but for the most part, somebody who's handicapped in self-understanding is handicapped in understanding other people. And the same shallow, oftentimes completely skewed and distorted way he has of understanding himself, he will generally see others in a distorted way as well. And one can live like that till 120. Oh, there's kindness and capacious and finding faults and screaming and living a life the children, as soon as they get a chance, they're out. Get away from this place. They understand. I can't live here. Parent doesn't understand. Parents doesn't understand. Doesn't enter into the soul of a child. Children are just waiting to get away. There's more and more of that all the time. Again, zu yistaklus amitis al bayis a yehudi bayis shalimud ishes ve'ayu v'lo bayis l'shem hanor b'tayinu greater. As we learned last week and the week before that the tachlis, the tachlis of the relationship is, the tachlis of this relationship and the tachlis of the home is this limud of understanding the other. And in doing so, to perfect oneself and to be a, a nice saying, like someone who gives and grows through giving. The home was not created, a Jewish home was not created for two people just to have fun, to have hanah. Doesn't mean they can't have Hanar. Hashem is what wants us to have Hanar. But that's not the Tachlis of a Jewish home. It is a place of Hanar. 
שמשהו לא נוח ונועים מיד הכל הופך לתוהו ובוהו. Obviously, whenever a person gets involved in something and the תכלס of that is to have pleasure, when it's not pleasurable, then, then, it's, then, it becomes, uh, then it becomes a major disappointment and then there is that feeling of tovo vo. A person spends place, uh, thousands and thousands of dollars to go on some expensive vacation the whole thing turned out to be terrible and it was raining the whole time and the, and the hotel was, uh, was a disaster and, and uh, everything and, and, and the... Uh, husband and wife went on a vacation, had big expectations, and it didn't work out, and they got into fights. So obviously, obviously the feeling is that everything is, this is all a big mistake, and everything is terrible, and so on, because the whole purpose, wherever one, wherever one goes into something, with the, and the entire process of entering into that thing is to have oinig and hanot have pleasure, so that if it doesn't work out, so then it means it failed. And it failed, and you're, and you're upset. And when a person's upset, so there's, there's tension, and there's anger, and so on. Because you want this to be fun. So more and more, the couples are getting married. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about non-Jewish couples, I'm not talking about non-religious couples. I'm talking about from couples. They're getting married to have fun. Of course, they always say, you know, the right things that the Shavuach says, should be a bias, and be a soul, and there's a kashir, and you know, everybody says the same in drushes, and everybody makes all the speeches, but I'm talking about after Shabbat what do you, why, did you, why did you get married? See, even though you said to build a beautiful Jewish home together, you know, what does that mean, Bechla? To build a beautiful Jewish person, and then to build a beautiful Jewish home. More and more people are getting married to have fun. From people are getting married to have fun. To have Hanah, to have fun. Whatever that Hanah, whatever the music of Hanah is. But to have enjoy and to have fun. Otherwise, it's hard to understand why they're rushing to do that when they're 17, 18, 19 years old. No? It's a hard thing to understand. Like, what's the rush? So don't tell me it's because of your Shemayim, because you're a Kabbalist old, and because you've already told you. Generally, when teenagers are rushing to do something, it's because they think it's going to be fun. The same way they rush for the, the ball game, the same way they rush, to, they rush out and Moshe Shabbos, they're rushing to get married because they want to have fun. Otherwise, they wouldn't be rushing. Sometimes it's because of your Shammai. I'm not talking about, again, I'm not a clown. There are exceptions. But you tell me, like, what's, what, like why is this 18-year-old girl, I'm not talking about in the shtetl, right? I'm talking about now. Why is this 18-year-old girl, like, itching to get married? And why is this 19-year-old boy calling the 18-year-old girl up that night? Like, what's going on? To build a bias in the so. Yeah? So they could be the subject of the next Shabbat Brachist That's, I'm sorry, that's Boba Mises. They're rushing because they want to have fun. I'm not talking what kind of fun it is. They'll leave that to your imagination. They're rushing because they want to have fun. They're not rushing because they want this way they can really learn Torah and Tuchir Shemai. They want to learn. They want to be able to have uh, to bring Yiddish, Hilig Yiddish, Adairis, and the Shammah is down from Shemai. Yeah? They might say that. That's baloney. They're rushing because they want to have fun. And they're tired of what they've been doing through the teenage years, through growing up, they got tired, the same they got tired of seesaws and sandboxes, they got tired of being teenagers, especially since they're surrounded with all the tigers and things that they're hearing and seeing about. So they also want to have fun. If you disagree with me, 
if you disagree with me. So um, I'm interested to hear. It's a, people are different. And I don't mean this by, again, as any individual person to say and you to say on me. But they're clout. What other reason would there be for an 18-year-old girl to think that she has to get married? Why? Unless, could be she, she can't stand her family. She wants to get away from the house. Why does she have to get married? Because the teacher said so and some, she heard a schmooze that said an 18-year-old girl is supposed to get married. I was grateful to Kaddish Baruch Hu. I mean, we, we haven't finished Mangal for our girls, but I was very, very, my wife and I were very grateful to Kaddish Baruch Hu that my girls didn't marry the first guy they met. It took a while. I know that might not be the conventional thing to say, and I don't care. I was very, very happy that they passed the 20 line and went into 21, and one or two of them even later. I was very happy. And I wasn't worried. They're good girls, and I trust in Hashem. My wife and I trust in Hashem that they would meet wonderful guys, which Baruch Hashem each one has, and they should continue that way. I was very, very happy. I didn't want them to get married when they were 18, 19 years old. Why? I don't want my children to have fun. I took them to the amusement park a thousand times. I played with them all the time. I, I want them to have fun. But I don't, I don't think of that part, that stage of life is something that you undertake in order to have fun. You can't compare, you can't compare an 18-year-old's knowledge of the self to a 20-year-old or 21-year-old's knowledge of the self. They're two different people. Reuven and Shim, like I was talking about Erev Shabbos Chabur, Two different people. An 18-year-old, especially with boys. Girls are more mature generally. An 18-year-old boy and a 22, 23-year-old boy, which is, let's say, 23-year-old boy is like, say, the equivalent of an 18-year-old girl, 19-year-old girl. I'm not saying that to make fun. That's the, that's the truth. But it's two different worlds. Two different worlds. That same boy when he was 18, 19 years old. And when he's 22, 23, it's like two different people. Two different people. A little bit, a little bit of knowing oneself. A little bit of understanding. That just because you want to have fun, just like when you were a little kid and you were screaming and banging on the table that you want to go to the circus, you want to go to, you want to, go to play, and it wasn't time to go to the circus, it wasn't time to go to play. So it's a crying about what's going to be my shidduch. My shidduch. You see these 18-year-old girls sitting by chasmas, and, and the, I hope they're diving for the chasmah kala. I don't know who they're diving for, but you see they're sitting there shuffling by the... I don't know what's going on over there. It used to be a sat by a chuppie, you're smiling and happy. And I mean, sitting there shuffling like this. I don't know what's going on. You think, God forbid, there was, like they're sitting in a hospital room or something. Everybody looks shuffling and nervous and davening. I don't know. I used to go to a chasna to have fun. I go to a chuppie this... Of course, you davening what they say... They say, you know, very soon help the chasna kal, they should be, everything should go well, they should have long, happy years together. So, he davening so much over there. The ones who are davening for themselves, because somebody told them it's nice, what's to daven? Also, uh, it is such a thing in the swam, but that it became like this. It's uchit sainis. The other people don't have to see you davening and shakling. You want to daven, you daven someplace else. I know it sounds, what's the big deal? It's all part of this, this uh, union of, of not being focused on the pneumius of what that situation is at that moment. I'm not against Adam. I think it's a wonderful thing. In the right way, at the right time. Like everything else. But you have these, the, more of the girls because obviously it's the psyche more of a girl, of a woman. 
but with the guys more and more also. Second comes comes back from seminary. She went to see the she went to seminary. She married. She sees her friends are getting married, and, and it sets off all kinds of feelings, all kinds of emotions. And that has to do with building a bias in Amabi. So, I don't believe it. Again, there are rare instances like that. And, and there's, no, there's no, nothing wrong if it takes an extra year or two or three that a person should be in a place of more pneumis. And it wouldn't be a tragedy if it took four years also. It should be a place of pneumis. That when two people get married, they're in a place that's real. And they're able to talk to each other and understand more about each other. And are open to learning about another person. Those are the marriages that are much more likely to be successful than the ones who are getting married to have fun. I, I hope I didn't make anybody feel bad. Klal borer, a clear, a klal, what has to be in a Jewish home. Allah called tzarech to say, more than anything. To sit and to talk with each other, b'sheket, v'roiga, in a quiet way, in a calm way. Le'rak al bayos, as I said before, not only when some problem comes up and there's some crisis. It's the worst. It's the worst thing when, when the only time that they really that they talk about anything on a deeper level is when there's some misunderstanding, when there's a fight. Instead of talking, if they would talk other times and spend time in a real way, then, then they wouldn't have these serious misunderstandings, or much less of them. A husband and wife should speak about, should speak about all important things, and not only the important things, but things that they go through together in life. Because when you hear what that person's thinking, you get to know the person better. You understand that person. To talk about things. And again, it doesn't always have the, it doesn't have to be these deep conversations, but to talk about things. Because when you talk about things without, of course, the diburim that are, the right diburim, nachalil about other people, and so on, I have to explain that. But when you talk about other things and things that are happening in, in the world, things, concepts, ideas, you get to understand that person more. And it's very, very hard to do that when people are dating. Dating is a different gather of, of, of human being and I, when a person is dating. And I, I don't need to explain that. It's a different gather. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a kesher. It's some sort of an experiment. It's some sort of an experiment. And it's not his kashas. It's not his kashas where, where there's a feeling of, of his tabdus, of a shibud, of an o, of, of a responsibility, of an achrayis that's real. Dating is... Is testing and experimenting and sometimes promoting oneself, sometimes showing off. It's not real. Again, there are real moments in that, but it's not a relationship, obviously. It's not a relationship. They're dating, they're going out, and even if they decide to become Hasan it's not. That's not a relationship I'll be tired. There's no such thing. It's not a relationship I'll be tired. They speak about, as I said, they speak about all different kinds of things. It's not, 
tell what what, what's going on and what they see. And of course, emotional, chavayas, nafshias, emotional, you know, talk about feelings and things that they're experiencing and so on. In this way, each one is able to learn who the other one is, to understand the other one. And in such a way, from the koyach of these conversations of the soul that take place on a regular basis, not when there are problems. Because of that, and from the koyach of these conversations, they'll be able they'll be able to live in a very beautiful way during those times that are calm and quiet, and during times where there's pressure and difficulties, when there are times of simcha, to, to be the emist, to, I mean, to have a simcha, a husband and wife to have a simcha. So many times the simcha is the biggest fight. Biggest fights is when there's a simcha. And isn't that, a, isn't, that, isn't that a tragedy? It's a simcha. You're marrying off children. Marrying off a child. There's a bar mitzvah. Whatever it is, a simcha. And, and so many times it's the biggest, biggest fights when there's a simcha. Because of the lachats, the pressure and so on. And because they never really worked out the suvias. And when it comes to a simcha, there are going to be, there are going to be differences in how to see certain things. And the differences um, seem to be more important as far as what bearing they could have upon the, the simcha. And the simcha is a very serious Indian. So sometimes that by a simcha, you see by a Shabbos, by a Yontif, there could be... I already had this past week with the first questions, uh, first phone call, you know, phone conversations I've had with some chevra about what's going to be Pesach. Last year, my wife, this year, I want to go here. I had Purim this past week, also a few conversations. The, the husband wants to be, the husband wants to be by his Rebbe. Uh, from when he was growing up, he had his Rebbe from Yeshiva. They're having a big party. The wife says, we have five children. My parents and my siblings are expecting us. Big fights this past week. There were big fights already for him and for Pesach. Pesach, wow. This chametz of fighting that is with Pesach. Hashem's Baruch gave us a yantiv that he wanted us to be free. And this one's thinking, if I could be free of her, I'd give anything in the world to be free of her. And she's thinking, if I could get rid of this guy, I worry what I would do to get rid of him. That's what Hashem's Baruch wanted. About Pesach. I already had this, this past week, you're ready. They're having a big fight. They didn't talk to each other for three days, a certain couple. For three days, they didn't talk to each other. Where are they going for Pesach? To his family or to her family? Then the scene with Purim. The guy's 32 years old. He thinks he's in high school. His wife, his wife takes five children, their parents, their siblings, they're making a Purim suda, and he wants to put on a hat and go, Bleh! And, 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 and leave her with the children all day with the children. So you want to know, so they're having a big fight, so you want to know what did I think, what he should do. I said to him two words. You want to guess? Grow up. Exactly. So the party's over. 
They said, but it's Purim, Rabbi, it's Purim. I said, grow up. You have a wife and five children. It's Purim for her too. So you don't have Purim. You have parents, they're older people. Say so what? It's Purim. There's no Rebbein Shalom on Purim. There's no Yoisha on Purim. There's nothing. That's what the Rebbein gave Purim, to leave the family like that. So I said, so you spend the, spend the time with the family, and then a little bit later, at the end, you go to visit, and you spend a little time, you do a half hour, you do a little cha-cha, and you go to sleep, you have a drink, and you go to sleep. Well, you're making like, Purim, she's ruining my Purim, all my friends, they have a Purim. All your friends, you could tell them in my name the same thing, grow up. All your friends. They're hanging out together, they're drinking, they're going to places, they're coming around. You're not, they're not 18 years old. That's the sweetest thing in the Baruch they're doing that, provided everybody's okay and they're not overdoing it, obviously. But you're 30 years old. 32, this guy, 32 years old. And you're fighting with your wife that how come she could say such a thing that she wants to be with the five kids by the parents and the siblings. They're making their perm suda. It's not as much fun to go over there. You know, the guys can, 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 can let loose and so on. This is all your Shemayim, Purim. There are different times in life. There are different stages in life. I mentioned this last week. One of, the, one of the most uncomfortable things for me, just in the position I'm in, is trying to talk sometimes to Bacham who don't get it. Because a Bacham doesn't get that. A Bacham is like, Wee! Same thing, Purim! Let's go, Rebbe, what are we doing? I said, I'm not doing anything with you. I have a wife and I have children and grandchildren. I'm not doing anything with you. At the end, we'll have a little time together in Mitzvah Shem. It's part of growing up. It's part of understanding the other person and trying to figure out who the other person is and to think what's important for her and if you think about what's important for her, she'll think about what's important for you and to understand you and she'll understand that she has an, uh, she has an overgrown child and she'll know how to deal with her overgrown child and to in, indulge him a little bit that he could have his fun and so on. We're not talking here about a prison. But to understand where she's coming from. Why shouldn't the children have their father also on Purim? The children. The, the, I'm talking about a ten-year-old, nine, seven. They're not, they're not uh, infants. Be, the father's not to be with them. The whole Purim. They go away after, after, in the afternoon to disappear. I'm just giving you as an example because it's aviantiv. Of things that should be pushed, but they're not always pushed. But that's how life is. When a person's thinking only about himself, and a person doesn't understand the other, then, and, and, and a marriage is not a mesechis, is not a mesechta of learning and growing and thinking and feeling with the other person, who the other person is, and from that growing yourself into a bigger person, making yourself into a bigger person. So then it's a gansiyo and then, and then the husband turns around, doesn't understand why his wife's had it. She's, she's finished with him. He says, hey, it was just perm, just perm. Why do you get so upset? Pesach. Is it possible? Now, obviously, you can't be too, you can't have, if, if the parents are expecting and the in-laws are expecting, obviously, there has to be a mahalach of what to do. But it has to be a mahalach of trying to understand each other and to work together. Not it's me versus you. 
me versus you. My parents versus your parents. Because these are things that are going on all the time. These after Purim, it gets really heated up. It's still, it's still fighting over the Purim Sudan. But after Purim, then it goes on to the Seder. And if it has to do with other things like hotels and places and parents and family and all this stuff, it could become, pace could become, God said, a terrible, terrible time. Many people are unhappy on Yantiv. Dafkim it's a simcha, Dafkim it's a yantiv, there's a big, big, there's, there's a tremendous possibility of there being a shvirsa But when people talk and people understand each other and they work on themselves and you come into a marriage to begin with as somebody that's oiz work through. So then you'll be together at all times when it's a simcha, and when it's a sad time, God forbid, the times in life that are sad. The worst thing is, let's say, God forbid, a spouse loses a parent and is sibrochen. And more than anything, they need a husband or wife to understand. To understand. You know how many times I've dealt with situations where there's a shiva, a situation like this where a wife is sitting shiva, and the husband is angry, how come she's not spending time talking to him or something like that. Things like this. I've had a few times. So I say, your wife is sitting shiva. She just got up from shiva. She needs you. Maybe to understand. She's going through something. It's hard. Or vice versa. To understand what that person is going through. Stop thinking about yourself. Try to understand the other person. This is a sign for everybody. So you would think, it's not very well if you're not a person, again, if you're not a Bala Vaida, it makes no difference. It could be a Simch, it could be a Chasna, it could be God forbid a Shiva. It's all about you and what you want because you're going to have fun. And there your wife went ahead and she lost her father just to take away your fun. No one would say such a thing, but it happens. There are feelings, emotions that have become very, very tense after Shiva, during Shalashim. Especially when it comes to Inyanim, that are more personal, private. It could be a lot of, a lot of anger. For people to be together, when they understand each other, then they're together always. Always. Even when they're not together. Meaning, even when one has to go away for a week or two, they're still together. Because everywhere that person goes, everywhere you go, you have, that, you have always, the machshavas are always with the person that you love. Always. I'm not saying something to write on a card. This is the Ratzna Hashem. Hashem's Baruch wanted us to be in such a relationship that when you're away, you're thinking about the other person. But you're thinking. And you still have his kashvas. Heinus advarim hashavim b'neihem That the things that they share can make them closer and closer with each other. And even the things that are different between them. Even the things that are different, the differences they have, also. It's a way of coming to understand each other better. You know when you have in learning, one of the things that people who are not familiar with learning, who never learned, one of the things that they find strange is how everything is a machlaikis, right? Anybody who comes from outside of Torah and they get involved in learning, they never heard of such a thing, how everything is machlaikis. Meaning, Abai says this, and Rabbi says that, and Yachim says this, and says that, and, and, and for people who come from the, from, from the secular world, 
That's a very, very strange thing. And when they walk into Bismedrish and people are screaming and yelling at each other, so to them it's the, it's, it's the opposite of a library. A library is a place of serious study where people are thinking, people are studying, and, then, and they walk into Bismedrish and they see guys yelling at each other. And they get really upset, they push the table at the other guy and gets up and walks out. You know? How do you learn like that? So we understand that those enemies, so to speak, the oivim become oyhavim, as Chazal say, because through that kinegdai, as we've spoken about over the years, the azer of getting to the deeper understanding of the inyanim, through the opposites, through the differences, through Besham Bishilo, through Biachinish through those disagreements, they were able to come to the emes, to the truth. And we learn that way. That's how Jews learn. We learn that way. The biggest night of learning is this is the Lela Seda. And Pesach night is uh, Kasha, isn't it? It's a Manistana Lelaza. A Kasha. A question. Two people can talk about it. And if there are differences between the two, as man, if there's a Manistana between a husband and a wife, there's a Manistana, then that Manistana can bring them closer together. The tachlis of Lel Pesach is Yichud, is to come together. So what about the Manishtan? Even the fact that they're sitting at the same tables, Echad Chacham, Echad Rosha, Echad Tom and Echad Eni Lishal, four different children are sitting at the same table. So what, is the Baruch Shalom's sense of humor to set up such a house? What's the tachlis? A shlemus. The shlemus comes from differences and from understanding and working things through and discussion and, and arguing, but arguing in a way without, without getting angry, without meaning, without taking it personally and working through an inyan. It's okay. Other It's the Ratz Nasham. That's how we learn Torah. That's how we grow. We grow with differences. Differences make a person grow. The people that grow up without any challenges are very, very handicapped people. That's also something that our generation has to struggle with. But they're not struggling with it, they're just living with it. Our parents and grandparents had many, many more challenges than we have, for the most part. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. But the kind of challenges that our parents and grandparents had just to survive, they had very, very big challenges. Much more serious things than, should I have milligs tonight or flashes? They have big challenges. Just to, just to manage. And when there are challenges, when there are caches, and, and when there are differences, and you're put into, into places that are different, you say the same thing. You grow up in from neighborhoods. The best thing you could do for some of the chevr that are growing up in from neighborhoods is to plop them down into a place that's not from at all. I know it sounds sacrilegious, but it's the truth. You plop them down in some non-religious place, they'll learn what it means to be a religious Jew. They grow, up on, uh, they grow up on 16th Avenue, or they grow up uh, on Central Avenue, or, or, or wherever it is in Yushalayim on the Negrat. Again, there are no differences. There are no differences. There are no Shimuim. Everybody's the same. For the most part. There's a certain Mahalach. So you never come to yourself. You never come to yourself. Everybody knows that the most chosh of the chosh of the people that we've met, the Balachuva, they went through changes, they went through differences, they were challenged by things that are other than them. And they came to a certain 
maskana, through those questions, through the manastanas of life. But when you grow up in a, in a firm neighborhood and everything is like this, and everyone think, everything went a certain way, everybody does the same thing, everybody talks the same way, everybody's the same. So then, when there's something in your life that turns out to be different, you're, you're broken. You're not used to differences. Everything's supposed to be the same way. We're all supposed to, everybody's supposed to be from, everybody's supposed to talk the same way and act the same way and so on. It would be a wonderful thing. Obviously, it's, I'm not suggesting Lamaisa, what he's supposed to do. But when somebody has to go away and they're in places that are not like the place they come from, then they learn what it means to grow up. Because through those differences, through those kashas, you become a person. One of the things that we have now is that somebody that grows up, you have a guy that grows up, he spent all of his years in yeshiva. He comes out of yeshiva and he gets married, he's in yeshiva, he gets married. And he continues in his home. This, this, he, doesn't, he didn't know any other life. I'm not suggesting that someone not stay in yeshiva. I'm just saying this is something that has an effect upon people. As opposed to when people were out having to do something else and were away from Kedusha and had to hold on to their Yiddishkeit and had to find a way to learn when it wasn't in the Bismedrish. And, they, and there's a way of growing. There's a way of becoming strong. When you meet different kinds of people to act mentally with other people. I was, just, I was just reading about Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's Echetzai V'lorocha and how Rabbi Yaakov, every time he walked where he, where he wasn't Muncie, I guess there was some place there where there were nuns that were coming. I don't know. There were always, it was near, he lived near a place where there, where there was a, maybe a church or something. And, and every single time, it says in, this, in, this, in the magazine, every single time that Rabbi Yaakov passed the, these, these uh, women, Rabbi Yaakov would say, good morning, he would smile. You know, he had such a beautiful, looked like a smile. Rabbi Yaakov would say, good morning, good morning. <clears throat> that's, not, that's not something that, that would come naturally to a typical person growing up these days in yeshiva. But Rabbi Yaakov wasn't just in yeshiva. Rabbi Yaakov went through many things in his long life. And Rabbi Yaakov worked on himself over the course of that long life. And because of that, in his life, there was room for other people who were very different. Not, not to become like those people, Hasashalom, but to appreciate all of God's creation and to acknowledge a human being. And in that way, to be Makadesh Shem Shemai. But if a person doesn't grow up with any differences, you see, with a husband and wife, then all of a sudden, the guy that grew up in Yeshiva like in, all of a sudden he's like put into this out of town situation it's called his wife meaning she's very different than him and he never had that before he never had that before everything was the same and if somebody was not the same he would either avoid the person or she would get rid of the guy and now he's in a marriage and he's discovered many differences he's not used to that he doesn't expect life to have those kind of differences. And he has to deal with them. He has to grow up very quickly to understand differences. It sounds simple, but it's not. We know that. All of us know that. To understand differences. To not only to understand, but to see what's valuable in the other person. When your whole life, until that time, was only everybody is the same. Everybody talks the same, acts the same, does the same, everything the same. And then the guys. And then all of a sudden, a person's in a marriage. And it's different. 
person is different. They didn't have that until now. It's a funny thing. Because our parents and grandparents, not that all marriages were so gewaldic back then either, but our parents and grandparents, they didn't, they didn't know anything about dating and going out and all this stuff. And They didn't go to any seminars on Shalom Bayez. They didn't have anything like that. But you know what they had? They grew up in the base medrash of life. And the base medrash of life, you learn how to deal with people who are different than you. We don't grow up in the base medrash of life. We just grow up in the base medrash. And the base medrash is not the same as outside the base medrash. And when you, when you come up with something that's different, you can't always find yourself. And there's a lot of heartache as a result of that. Hashem Baruch wants us to grow from differences. We've spoken about that a lot. Every single person who's different is a challenge that Hashem put that person in your life exactly at that time so you could become a better Jew and a better father, a better husband, a better mother, a better wife. There's a reason that you met that person. There's a reason that you have that person. But the, na- the, na- the nature of people now is that if it's different to me, it's not good. I don't want it. i got to get out of here. i gotta, I got to get out of this. No, it's different, and you have to learn to understand that. And as a result of understanding, to become a greater person. Hashem's book should help us. When I say all these things, by the way, we're learning together. I'm, I hope nobody, nobody, I'm not giving anybody the impression, it's never my intention, that I have some edge over anybody. Because that would be the, that would be the biggest lie. We're all in the same, avoided together. Throughout, throughout all of our lives, that we, we have to work on ourselves to grow and to be able to change and that sense of both should have nachas ruach for each and every one of us. Okay, good luck.